Dr. Nick Delgado here, and this is our podcast and our webinar broadcast. Basically, it's a very important show. I'm here with my guest, Laura, and Laura has given me permission to talk about her situation. She's been struggling with Parkinson's disease for uh, nearly three years. Is that right, Laura? Um, about five years. Three years is when it got worse, when I went through my whole body and I started shaking. But about five years ago, my lips started shaking. And that's when we noticed something wasn't right. So I went to the, um, what's it called? It? Neurologist. And he told me that there was nothing wrong with me at that time. So I just went on my merry way, kept working, and eventually got worse. And then I went back to to the doctor, and he said, he said, you have uh, tremors, essential tremors. Yeah, so that's what I was diagnosed with. And after two years, I believe, after that, then he said, you have Parkinson's. That's what he said. So here I am trying to get better. Okay. And we, we've talked a little bit um, prior to our, our discussion about um, the, the this processes that you've uh, worked on and uh, attempted. So good. Yeah. So we've talked about these things um, in regards to your treatment. So one of the treatment plans that you underwent was uh, using consistent and regular frequent uh, exercise. Is that correct? Yes. And what was that program? Give me an outline of how often you exercise, what kind of exercise, what was the outcome, or if any benefit? Well, what I did, my husband and I, we went, we walked like a mile or two, like three times a week, maybe four times a week, and we changed our diet. We started eating better. We started juicing and just eating more whole food. So when you were using Whole Foods, um, did you go to a particular store where you're careful about whether it was organic or not? I mean, what, what, give me a rundown. We totally went organic and we went to Whole Foods. That's the only place we went and maybe Trader Joe's and Sprouts. Okay, good. All right. So keeping that in mind, you also um, embarked on uh, any kind of a supplement program. And if so, what, give me a kind of a broad category of the supplements you were taking. Uh, well, we started with Dr. Ganim and he started us with B12 and uh, D vitamins. And then when we were done with that program, we went to um, another doctor and he started us on, on um, powders that we mixed, different types of powders to help me with my shaking and to help me just get better overall. Okay, so, so far you've seen little or no progress, even with the exercise and the supplements. Uh, tell me. Actually, when I exercised, I felt better. But then I stopped exer exercising because it got cold and we weren't walking as much. And I don't know, it kind of just fell off, you know. But I do notice when I, when I work out, I feel better. I do feel much better when I work out. And Laura, what was the last time you were actually on some kind of a consistent exercise program? Has it been weeks, months, uh, longer than that? Well, right now I have physical therapy and I go twice a week. Okay, and the physical therapy is more range of motion and uh, g give me an outline of that. Uh, yes, it's uh, like um, we do uh, like stretching. Um, um, I don't know what to call it. I large, yes, body motions. 
yeah, things, multitasking the brain, counting, doing like multiple things, like to get your brain working at the same time your body working. Okay. And you're doing uh, these exercises. Uh, may I have you grip my hand and so I can feel your grip strength? Do you feel somewhat weak when you grip hands or shake hands or how is your grip strength? Uh, it's not as good as it used to be, as you can probably tell. I'm trying to grip you really hard, but it's hard. You know, like even opening a jar is very hard for me to open a jar. Mm. Is, is, the left a little, is the left a little bit weaker? Um, yes, because I have a problem with this finger here. See, I have um, inflammation, so I think it's arthritis. All mm -hmm. right, I understand. And uh, at what point did the arthritis, uh, if there's any other autoimmune condition that's uh, s slipped in, uh, mm -hmm. when did that start? That started, I want to say, not too long ago, um, maybe six months ago. Okay, my, yes, but it wasn't a problem then. Was, yeah, about, but I want to say I started actually feeling bad about a year ago. Can we have Tony join, join us? He's, he's popping yeah. in. Okay, no, but your voice, I'll just pop you in if you have some comments. Yeah, of course, grab, it's up to you guys. You good with it, Laura? Yes, I'm good. Okay, grab that chair over there and roll it next to us, and, and we should be good. Um, it, it may not be the full shot, but we'll get the audible. Yeah, we'll, we'll do the voice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, if you happen to be on camera, it's all good, but you're on voice. No, I'm no, I'm no. well, a little closer, because I'm gonna need to hand this. Okay, all right, good. So. So far, um, we've established kind of, you know, the situation. Uh, how would you describe, because uh, your diet seems to be closer to a typical American diet. Give me an idea of breakfast, lunch, and dinner, with the exception that you've added in some, you know, novel, organic, going to Whole Foods and that type of thing. But give me a typical breakfast, lunch, and dinner at this time for you. Okay, like sometimes I have oatmeal with berries, and sometimes I have scrambled eggs with power greens and turkey, a little bit of turkey cut up. And that's about it. At this yeah. point, let me just uh, put in here that this is all organic. It's all labeled organic. So every, the eggs are uh, free range, uh, organic. Um, the berries are organic. The power greens are organic. Free and organic. Yeah. So uh, we actually did what we were doing at one time. We were doing about an 80-20. So 80% of every meal, of all the meals throughout the week, were organic. Then we'd have a little bit of fun on the weekend. That has slipped a little bit in the last few months, but if uh, every refrigerator still has organic in it is what it is. So she still tries to, she's limited, so sometimes it's easier to just eat what maybe my sister, my daughter-in-law made, because they also stay with us. So, but uh, predominantly we still try to, but fell off the wagon a bit. Dr. Delgado, it's hard for me to cook now, so it's kind of like I'm limited to what I can make because it's hard for me to cut. With this shaking, I can't cut, and uh, things have become a little bit more difficult, so I have to eat whatever I can prepare real easy or whatever my daughter-in-law prepares because they are with us now, and they help us a lot, so that's what we do. Are there any uh, fruits or vegetables or legumes or beans or potatoes or uh, uh, plant or uh, any kind of uh, foods within the uh, plant-based proteins that you don't like? Uh, no, I basically like it all. <laughs> and uh, we buy organic apples, we buy organic oranges, we buy organic grapes. Everything we buy is usually organic. 
Laura, and chewing, no problem with being able to chew and swallow? I have no problem with that. Yes, no problem. Okay, and your breathing and respiration is okay? It hasn't hit that center yet? Uh, yeah, my breathing is good. Um, sometimes I feel a little bit out of breath, like if I, when I do the exercise, but I think that's normal. And sometimes I just get really tired after taking a shower and getting dressed. I'm exhausted. So it's kind of like I need to sit down. I feel out of breath sometimes. Are you able to sit up straight, or is there a little bit of kyphosis in your back? A little it's bit kind of hard. Yes, it's kind of like it pushes me down. The disease, I, I believe, because before I wasn't like this, and sometimes I remember and I go back, but it kind of is painful a little bit, okay. like uncomfortable, you know. In the spinal column, in the back, in the middle back, or yeah, where? Like, like, yeah, like right there, like, mm -hmm. like I'm uncomfortable sometimes. Mm -hmm. And it helps you to stand up at times as well. Like now, if you stand up, that yes. gives you a little relief. So just stand up with your microphone there and just. <coughs> yes. Okay. Your balance is good. You haven't fallen. I've fallen. Well, I've fallen. I've fallen a couple of times, but I'm very careful and I try to just, you know, like be careful with my steps and where I step on or how I walk and try not to be in a hurry because I can't. I can't be in a hurry. So, okay. You can remain standing or sit, whichever is most comfortable for you. Okay. So, um, let me tell the audience that um, we're fortunate because uh, essentially Tony, her husband, um, has been great and she has kids and grandkids and uh, she's uh, seen uh, a, a doctor who's uh, was smart enough to do a delayed food allergy test. Uh, I won't go into the exact results, but just to say that there's level ones and zeros. Zeros means it's implied that your body's more compatible, uh, that it can handle those foods. And a one means there's uh, potentially what's categorized as a mild uh, reaction, uh, a two or a three on some of these items there's only a few uh, that you have which is uh, a, a baker's yeast and uh, yogurt which is a two yogurt is a two and the baker's yeast is a three uh, so it's kind of spread out all between uh, various um, items uh, such as scallop and and um, let me see here there's a few other items that uh, are plant-based that might be slightly reactive being a number one and uh, so for a while you uh, it, it says here Cheddar cheese is a problem. Blue cheese is a problem. Cottage cheese is a problem. Uh, and uh, let's see, from the animal product uh, standpoint, uh, you're reactive to lobster. And uh, uh, let's see what else. Uh, cow's milk. So have you followed uh, a little bit of this plan? Yes, I have. I don't drink cow's milk. I have had lobster in the past because I love lobster. But every every like maybe once a year. <laughs> Yeah, not not really. Like I go out for lobster every every weekend. No. Okay. Okay. So what's what's your uh, favorite category of foods when we're talking about animal products? Uh, would you say that percentage wise over the last um, years of your life and your, if I might say, uh, let's just say you're above the age of uh, fifty five? Is that true? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> way, way above. <laughs> okay, way above. I say my age. Go ahead. I'm going to be 64 on Wednesday. Oh, congratulations. Okay, Wednesday. Wow. Okay, so that being said, um, would you say that um, by proportion of animal product, uh, do you have 
a belief or a likelihood that you're going to eat more shellfish and, and fish? Or do you eat more chicken or more red meat or pork? Or do you have a belief about one is better than the other and you're consciously trying to eat more or less of some of those items? And then when you get to dairy, you've already said you've selectively done your best to avoid or eliminate uh, dairy wherever possible. But uh, except with the exception of cheese, I think you're still eating cheese, right? Uh, once in a while, I'll have a, a piece while. of cheese. Not that, many, not that much. Once in a while. I eat goat's cheese. I love goat's cheese. I don't know if that's a good one or not. <laughs> and uh, usually what I eat is ground organic turkey. Yeah, we, we, a lot of organic turkey. If I can uh, real quick. Um, typically, we do not buy beef, whether it be organic or not. For a while there, we were going to Whole Foods, and we were getting the Step 5 beef, so that whole step program, but we stopped that. So typically, we won't buy beef and bring it into the home. If we do eat beef, it's brought to us by others or an occasional steak if she wants a steak or I want a steak. Typically, it's uh, organic chicken and organic turkey, and that's pretty much where it stops. No pork. Um, no pork. pork. I don't like pork. Once in a while, we have beef when my son brings it, and he says, Mom, I bought you guys tacos. I said, are they chicken tacos? No, they're beef tacos. I'm like, oh, thank you. And I eat them because, you know, he knows that I can't cook all the time. So... All right. So that being said, this this gives me some valuable uh, uh, history of, of where we're at, uh, Laura and, and Tony. And so uh, we discussed briefly that you're open to making improvements uh, or let's say corrections in your diet. You're open to essentially almost doing whatever it takes, obviously, so long as it's uh, in a safe manner. It's going to support your health and help you to be the housewife that you have for all these wonderful kids yes yes i'm tired of shaking i'm tired of it's hard to take a shower it's hard to get dressed it's hard to clean it's hard to fold clothes it's hard to do everyday things you know that brush my teeth i have to have a um electric toothbrush and even that's hard at times and hard to put on my makeup and i'm such a girl that i want my makeup and i love my hair <laughs> i love doing my hair and it's hard to do things like that yeah. You know, so it's been frustrating. As you can see, I mean, you can see me shaking. And that is really, really hard for me. And so that's where I'm at. I'm ready to get rid of this. You know, Doctor, it might be just for your audience. We've tried and we've tried the CBD oils. Um, we've tried the different recipes, different ratios, 80, 20, 20, 20, 40, 40, 100% CBD, CBD with THC. So we've tried, you know, this path that we've been on this journey. We've walked, you know, miles and miles already. And as I, you know, my wife knows, we'll continue to walk this path. In this, we're going to continue to knock on doors. We're going to continue to educate ourselves. But we have done a lot, and we're still going to try it. So just so your audience knows, we've done the CBD oils. I'm not saying that they don't work for others. I'm sure that they do. In our particular case, we haven't seen much results. Even with, um, we've used it for, for pain. We've used it to help in sleep. Not so much for the symptoms. Well, that is a sim unable to sleep. And we've tried the CBD oils before night, 12 drops, 4 drops, 3 drops in the morning. And um, not too much success. Uh, there was this one type of CBD oil, which was 100% uh, CBD. And she did 15 drops at one time. And that actually relaxed her. But the downside was um, because she got so relaxed, she started to get anxious because she felt fearful because I think I'm going to faint. I think I'm going to faint. And so, unfortunately, it caused a reaction. She became 
anxious, she began to shake again, and we thought, there's no way to go, because it was like a circle. The very thing that we were trying to eliminate, it came back worse. And so, but we've also tried that therapy also. And at times it makes me feel paranoid, so I don't like that feeling, a feeling paranoid. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. All right, so let's now look at kind of the game plan. I'm, I'm, I've, I've been fortunate to, uh, with access uh, through your doctor, and I'm going to make a disclosure. I'm, I'm not diagnosing. I'm not giving you medical advice, but as a um, concerned. Um, well-educated scientist, uh, I'm going to give you my input, what I would do if I were you. Do I have that opportunity to give you that input? Yes, you do. Okay, good. Um, we had the opportunity to do some blood morphology. Uh, we looked at some past lab work. Uh, I reviewed, uh, as I normally do, I consult with one of our uh, medical doctors on the staff and as a health educator and um, a author of, of several books. Um, I do have one more question to ask. Um, is your love life still in place? Is there limitations in that area? Uh, has it compromised this particular condition in any way, if, if it has at all? The last month, I want to say, the last month, it's been a little harder for both of well, because he, he doesn't want to hurt me, and it's hard for me to turn. It's hard for me to turn on the bed and you know the stiffness gets in the way so it's been it's been difficult it's been okay. a little difficult for both of us mm -hmm. but we're hanging in there good i understand okay and i know your your attitude is wonderful tony says you're joyous you laugh you're, you're a very sweet person and i i feel that I from i i try <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So let's let's look at um, three very important things that we're going to focus on, and it's going to make it real simple. It's uh, detoxify, nutrify, and fortify. Okay. That sounds good. So detoxify begins with uh, what's called a far infrared spa. There's a relaxed sauna. It's a portable one. We have one here you can come by and use, but it's a distance. So we may look into having to get one, particularly since there may be a history of possible heavy metals. And when they did the heavy metal test, did they find anything uh, at all? Lead, mercury? Uh, mercury, yes, mercury. Uh, and according to the individual that uh, requested the test, um, the her... her her regular MD said that the mercury was in range. We went to the holistic practitioner, and he said, "No way. This is a, I think it, I can't remember the number. It was a three point I might have it on my phone, but he said you're like three hundred times higher than other people, whether you're in range or not." So uh, he he you know during this initial interview, the reason he requested that test is because he did a, about it was about a two hour consultation when we first went there. It was very thorough. He did a lot of a lot of questions, a lot of investigation if you will and throughout this conversation um he asked when the lip shaking started and laura said no oh, about five years ago later on in the discussion he asked if she's ever had any dental work and uh he, she said yes and then he said what have you had and she's had multiple uh a lot of dental work but the feelings okay the feelings um she had about i think she says and she can uh, correct eight, eight or ten removed at one time and then he asked when did that happen? And she unknowingly, she said, about five years ago. And he kind of connected the dots. And he says, you know what? And he explained to us what happens during that procedure. Uh, it becomes aerosolic. Not only do you swallow it, but you're actually going to breathe it. And he made a connection. So then he, um, he went ahead and requested that mercury test. And it came back. 
And that's when Laura started a detox, but it was a very passive. It wasn't as aggressive, aggressive as he would have liked it because of her condition. You know, uh, it, it started to slam her down. It just started to make her feel uncomfortable. She felt sick. You know, sometimes detoxes will do that to you, I've read. And so she couldn't really go very aggressive. But so that test came back in his opinion, um, and I kind of agree, very high. Another thing that, if I can mention, another issue that uh, Beverly mentioned to us up there is there is a mold issue in the home. It is in the home. It was in the home. She saw some things in the test, so that's something that we're going to want to address also. When it comes to heavy metal, she's also been tested for copper by her MD, and that was a few months ago, and he said it's not an issue. We showed it to the holistic practitioner. He said it's not an issue. That was his opinion also. So, But the mercury was definitely an, an issue, and he seems to think that the, the catalyst, if you will, could very well have been that this happened. Also for history, her father had tremors. Her mother had tremors, okay? Uh, I understand that a couple of my sister-in-laws are beginning to have a little shaking, if you will. So there may be, I don't like to use the term genetics that much because, I mean, that doesn't really give me the cause. It may give me a reason, but just so you know that, that that all. But metal toxicity, we believe it's there, yes. My father was not diagnosed with Parkinson's, but he had tremors. And uh, he died um, very young. How old was he when he died? Do you remember? 56, 59, 59, I think. Yeah. But not not from the tremors. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. On this path, doctor, um, we've also been told by another practitioner. We've seen, she has seen, not we, she has seen quite a few. Uh, he did some tests on her, and he believed that it uh, her problem was parasites because he did some tests, uh, and he believed it was uh, parasitical in nature as far as the cause. So we've heard, as I told you before, we've heard all yeah. kinds of reasons and causes and such, and here my wife uh, is obviously getting, getting worse. Yeah, I'm just getting worse. You know, they tell me, it might be this, it might be that, but nothing works. So I get discouraged. So when I saw that program on stem cells, I said, I want to try that. Maybe that will work for me because mm -hmm. I'm tired of being like this. I'm tired. Okay. It's taking a toll on my life. It's compelling. It's clear. We need to intervene. And here, here let me make a few uh, statements, too. Um, one of the early pioneers in what's called lifestyle medicine, uh, which is growing now uh, more than it's ever been before, uh, is Nathan Pritikin, who was my mentor. And he once stated to me that Parkinson's, that once the shakes occur, there's a, a place in the brain uh, that um, when there's a, an elevated cholesterol, and although yours is not terribly high, it's high enough comparable to what we find in the Western world, but in, compared to other countries where Parkinson's is very rare, uh, yours is quite elevated. Uh, it's the form of cholesterol called LDL or bad cholesterol. And as this cholesterol builds up in a certain part of the brain, uh, this uh, brain stem area uh, actually controls the motor neuro controls. And um, it's, it's much more difficult to reverse the symptoms once they've set in. Uh, but further progression of the condition can be minimized or reduced. Um, and at that time, you know, we, we, we believe that a plant-based whole foods diet is in order. And in your case, uh, as much organic as possible. And I hear the attention you've paid to doing organic with animal products. 
However, there's also an isolated study that's becoming more and more uh, of concern that uh, certain shellfish and fish products uh, are highly associated with ALS, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease, uh, and in many cases, people are um, concerned uh, with ALS. Uh, Dr. David Steenblock believes also there's a component related to fungus, um, uh, candida fungal forms. And so he has a protocol that I've looked at and, and evaluated. Your blood shows the presence of some fungal forms. Your blood shows some misshaped cells, uh, maybe not completely as severe, but enough that there's some problems with uptake of certain vitamins and minerals, particularly it could be uh, uh, what's called a methyl donor, 5-methyl tetrahydrofolate, which is a more absorbable form of B12, of, of folic acid, that is, and also uh, methylcobalamin. Uh, your, your, your blood also shows a high hemoglobin, not high, but higher than the standards of what we believe to be optimum, hemoglobin, 14.0. When it gets to 14.0 or higher in women, women in men it's 15 or higher, but in, in uh, women, when it gets at 14, you have uh, nearly 30% less blood flow to the brain as compared to when it gets under 14. So literally by just bringing the hemoglobin down, it's like having, imagine too much traffic on the freeway. There's too many red blood cells and the blood's getting thick. Mm -hmm. And so when it gets to the capillary beds, it's got to squeeze through one by one. But if all this extra thick blood, it's going to minimize circulation. Furthermore, there's, there's what's called triglycerides. Triglycerides are the way in which our body transports fats in the blood. And oils in the fats, uh, when I asked you prior to our, our, our beginning, we talked about that you use olive oil and you use coconut oil. And what I told you, if you remember what I told you, what, what did I tell you, Laura, about the use of olive oil and corn oil, um, uh, 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 coconut oil and olive oil? What, what is your better choice than olive oil and coconut oil? I can't remember what you told olives. me. Oh, olives. Eat olives. That's right. Was that? Olives. Olives. Eat the whole olives. And, and what did I say? Uh, another good source of essential fatty acids is uh, instead of coconut oil is what? Nuts. No, specific to coconut. All oh, the the flesh, the white meat, the coconut meat itself. Correct. Okay. Uh, Remember that? You missed that one. Oh no, I wasn't there. Maybe. Yes, you were. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why we're recording. That's why we're recording, and we're going to play it back. Okay, so here, here's my other game plan for you. We can also significantly improve blood flow to your neurology, to your brain, which is critical here, by simply shifting to get all of your essential fatty acids from the use of soaked nuts and seeds. And sure. And, and without getting into the purpose of soaked nuts and seeds, but keep in mind that uh, raw nuts and seeds have an anti-enzyme property. They found in Egypt, Egyptian tombs, uh, seeds that were 4,000 years old. And when they were exposed to, exposed to moisture, they germinated, they came to life because it cleared what's called an anti-enzyme property. And it released uh, all the enzymes, increased the vitamin mineral content by over 500% or higher within days of sprouting these ancient seeds. So sprouting is very important. Don't eat raw nuts and seeds because there was one isolated study uh, re, uh, 
suggested by Dr. Uh, Howell, uh, who wrote a book on uh, enzyme therapy. And what he said was that it's possible that these anti-enzymes that serve a purpose to keep the nuts and seeds from sprouting, if you eat them raw, they might deplete your own body enzymes. And they were given to animals in animal studies, and it caused uh, certain symptomatic problems. Uh, and some of these animals died prematurely. So it's kind of a surprising finding, but it's the same thing as with uh, you would never eat uh, raw beans or kidney beans or pinto beans, right. and there's a little hysteria now about lectins and beans, but if you cook them properly, this is, um, you know, you, you, you bring them initially to a boil, you pour that water off, and then you cook them until they're very, very soft. I use a crock pot. Some people use a, a steamer crock pot. Um, Rosarita beans canned, uh, no fat beans actually does it properly. If you like beans and you're in a hurry, uh, Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know, whenever you can get organic, great. And when you can't, um, it, it, just keep in mind there's what's called biomagnification. And when animals eat plants, like uh, uh, the GMO soy and the, the, the heavy metal toxins and foods, it concentrates from the plant a thousand times a thousand into the, into the animal. Uh, and then by the time you eat it, it's a thousand times a thousand, which is a million. So the biggest risk is the concentration of heavy metals, GMO byproducts is not in the plants themselves. Wherever you can get organic, do so and, and pull off the outer leaf, wash them in, in vegetable wash and that type of thing. But uh, by simply eliminating all animal products, you are dramatically reducing your exposure to heavy metals and toxins. For example, bone broth. When you cook up bone broth, that's a very popular thing right now, but the concentration of mercury in bone broth, uh, let me correct myself, lead is so high because bone is very porous and absorbs heavy metals, particularly lead. As one of the ways to protect from lead poisoning, they, they they, they sprinkle uh, bone uh, fragments to soak up the lead. <laughs> and so when you eat that, that that's a problem. So um, if you ever buy a product that's called bone broth, you need to ask that company, do they have a C of A? It's called a certificate of analysis. Did they analyze heavy metals of all types? And what was the concentration in that product to be safe? Does that make sense? So uh, keep in mind then that what we're, what we're trying to do is detoxify. So two ways to detoxify is once it's in the body, leach it out with uh, the relaxed far infrared spa where you sit into, you bring your body to a heat where you're perspiring and up to about that point, and it takes about 15, 20 minutes. I do it about four days a week. Um, um, once you've been really detoxified, you can maybe cut back to twice a week. Some people, like in your case, it might be recommended to do it you know, at least four to five days a week. Um, I would say that uh, furthermore, while you're in the infrared spa, you drink a lot of green vegetables. Always juice your, your you can juice your vegetables, beets and greens, because you were low in nitric oxide. So you're going to need a product called beet vitality. You can throw that into the green or the beet juice and um, uh, always eat your fruit. It's best not to juice your fruit, it's best to eat your fruit. Does that make sense? Yes, yes. Um, when it comes to the methyl, are we talking about methylation and methyl donors and things of that nature, the beets and such? Yes. Well, okay, There's now you're mixing two things. Methyl donors, uh, we're using a product called Neuro Insight. Uh, that's, that's to help to, in phase one, phase two, phase three of estrogen metabolism, which we're going to get to that next. Um, if I was you, I would use, if you've not used any cognitive verbs, we have a product called Neuro Insight to start with. You would take that uh, uh, in the evening and Neuro Inspire, you would take in the morning because you want the cognitive verbs to help stimulate brain function. But the methyl donors are uh, 
a CH3 molecule that when as they break apart, they allow your body to undergo a billion chemical reactions per second. So part of her problem may be methylization and the detoxification. So she's going to need uh, what's called phosphatidylserine, um, uh, uh, 5 methyl tetrahydrofolate. Uh, she's going to need uh, DMG, dimethylglycine, TMG, trimethylglycine. The good thing is all these things are in one product along with the cognitive herbs. And we just call that product NeuroInsight. That's all the methyl donors. And then the added cognitive herbs are in a product called NeuroInspire, which I'm told is going to be renamed uh, Brain Activation. So uh, that's because there's a little a, a confusion about the neuro you know, topic. Yeah, the reason I'm asking is she was on uh, this thing called TMG for quite some time. It was a beet-derived TMG. Um, and she does, uh, when juicing, she drinks her uh, beet juice or else I'll just put the real thing in her juice. So um, again, her, her juices used to have that. Just got to get back on it again. It's critically important because right now we measured her nitric oxide by a saliva strip. And although Dr. Caldwell Esselstein believes that it's not an accurate way to measure, Dr. Nathan Bryant does believe it's it's a fair assessment. There's other ways to more scientifically measure nitric oxide. I, I lend credence to it. And the fact that your levels are low, um, using the combination of seven grams of organic beet per scoop, which is in beet vitality, uh, along with the... Um, amino acids that stimulate what's called growth factors, which we're going to get to next to help your hormone balance, and niacin to detoxify. Remember we talked one, two, and three, detoxify, fortify, and neutrify. So you've got three products in one in the beet vitality that will support uh, a healthy outcome. And so keep in mind that nitric oxide is separate from methyl uh, donors and methylcobalamin and, and uh, uh, TMG, trimethylglycine. Many kids on the spectrum with autism, ADD, ADHD, do very well. Dr. Uh, Bernie Rimlin had discovered that um, the use of DMG was very helpful for children with neurological um, problems on the spectrum. And I found that to be the case as well. Uh, but now we get to the other uh, benefit of beets. Not only uh, could it have been helpful as a methyl donor, uh, as you mentioned, derived to make TMG. Uh, usually you get uh, apples is, is the derivative to get um, the uh, DMG um, derivative. But let's let's get to the other benefit. Beets are rich in plant nitrates. The moment you chew or drink these plant nitrates, if you're drinking a beet juice with greens, swish it around your mouth a little bit so the saliva mixes in. The saliva will then activate the plant nitrates to become nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is a dramatic way to quickly improve circulation on a daily basis. The fact that you're walking into my office with depleted nitric oxide is unacceptable. I want the next time I see you that in a month from now when I see you that your your test strip measures dark pink towards red. Right now it, it measures like white. So you, you have not enough nitric oxide. So at a point where maybe you were using something good consistently, you fell off and I'm just snapping you back to get on track. Does that make sense? Okay, yes, it does. I have a question. Now, does nitric oxide, um, sufficient levels, does that play a part in regulating your blood pressure? Absolutely. Is your blood pressure a little bit elevated, Laura? Yes, it is. Okay, so um, I'm going to have you watch my video, The Seven Steps to Lowering Blood Pressure, and one of the seven steps is optimizing nitric oxide because it vasodilates, meaning it opens up all the capillary beds and brings circulation dramatically to all the cells of your body. And it can happen within a day or two of using the combination of beet vitality, enough of the greens, um, the beets, and so forth. I like to mix them together. I never depend on a supplement by itself, and I never depend on food um, you know, conditions because foods come from different crops. 
crops, you don't know the, the benefit, the origin, the concentrations. Correct. Yep. Okay, okay, good. So um, now I, I'm going to kind of give you a little bit, and I'm going a little fast, but I know you're going to replay this. You're going to replay this and listen to it? Absolutely. Yes, we will. <laughs> Okay. Okay. And if there's any words I use that you don't understand, I'm going to have you um, subscribe to my online courses and it breaks down the information about hormones, fat loss and fitness, uh, about uh, neuro reprogramming because there's going to be some little bit of uh, rehearsal to kind of get past the subconscious mind and get you on track to do these things consistently so that you and the family benefit as well. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank you. Okay, good. So uh, the next part uh, of our program is to look at um, the use of uh, hormone optimization. Uh, the hormone optimization is absolutely critical to helping you to handle the symptoms, mm -hmm. the shakes. Okay. Dr. Rebecca Gleisure, and you have to understand, I, I, I love reviewing medical literature for 40 years. I've, I've been just you know, engulfing massive amounts of information since I was um, the director of the outpatient Pritikin Better Health Program. And Nathan Pritikin was the forerunner to reviewing all this medical literature that I kept all the files myself. And now uh, my good friend, Dr. Michael Greger and his team of 12 researchers review over 2,500 medical journals a month. So we correspond together. We go through the literature. So we, when someone says soy is bad for you, we look it up, we go through all the literature and we have found that actually soy is beneficial. I'd rather if you do use soy, use natto, N-A-T-T-O, it's fermented soy, but it's been shown that uh, a reduction in breast cancer uh, because these phytonutrients, phytoestrogens go to the receptor sites and actually protect the breast tissue. Now, it's I know it's the exact opposite of what everyone out there is saying. They're trying to blame soy. They're trying to blame um, certain uh, lectins, uh, both of which um, I have some reply videos that I'm going to want you to watch, uh, understand, and review, and I'll give you the backup references for this. Does that make sense to you, to, to learn and be educated to make your decisions? Yes, it makes a lot of sense. Thank you. As you just stated, I mean, there's a lot of contrary information out there. You know, lectins, right? I mean, um, uh, what, what is the other one? Stephen, Stephen Gundry is really big on that, the cardiologist. He's very anti-lectins. All over IG. Uh, nightshades, for example, stay away from them. Don't touch them. Uh, tomatoes, I've heard tomatoes are good for men. I've heard they're bad for men. Mm -hmm. Better if you cook them. This is where we're at, you know. I mean, all this information, um, and you have to sit there and be a, a layman, you know, and, and try and decide what is right and what is wrong for you, your particular body. So, uh, yeah, we welcome your videos and things of that nature. Okay, I'm going to give you a list of the foods that I want you to actually eat more of. First, in order of those foods that will help you with weight loss. And you're going to play this back for yourself so that you get a clear understanding. And then I'm going to give you a list of the more concentrated, calorically dense foods that will sustain your weight because at some point soon, over the next year, you're going to be approaching your ideal body weight and you're going to get too skinny. And I don't want you to be too skinny because Tony doesn't want you too skinny. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> we, we, we did get too skinny at one time. I did get too skinny. I went through a program, and then, uh, yeah, I lost 70 pounds, and I looked like a cancer patient. I mean, people actually thought I was sick. They were talking behind my back, uh, and they had already determined, he's just not telling us, but he has cancer because it was such a rapid weight loss because of this diet that, uh, you know, and I got scared. I, it, 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 I became cautious, and what I did is I put 20 pounds back on. This is now I think I look better. But just so you're right, I mean, you can get. So he tall. looked like a little man. 
I used to have broad shoulders and you know I was a I was and then after I lost that weight people are looking at me you're just a scrawny little old man now that's all you are okay so here's to set the record straight dr. Dan Danatili uh, Dan Danatelli in uh, the Midwest, um, who uh, did research with NIH, National Institute of Health, um, was well documented in the use of food compatibility. His test is called Sage Medical. It's a very good test. A little more expensive than the ALA test. This is out of Boston. We also use the food inflammatory test, FIT test, uh, food inflammatory test, uh, which also comes out of Boston. They're not uh, related companies. And uh, there's another one that I like, uh, which is... Um, the um, product uh, test out of Monarch Beach where they look under a microscope and actually look at the white blood cells exposed to certain protein antigens and see if those white blood cells break apart. And if they do, uh, that particular individual has a food compatibility problem and inflammation will ensue from eating too much of a particular food such as that. So I'm going to give you the list because you might have thought that eggplant was bad for you. In this case, eggplant is one of the number one ways to lose weight and it's good for you because you have no inflammatory response to eggplant. Uh, I could cross-reference this with a backup test with uh, Sage Medical uh, and yet uh, on a cash basis that's about a $900 test and on insurance it's $2,500. So we might be able to just depend on this and do a little de detective work meaning as we try these foods if there's uh, exasperation or worsening or there's improvements we can see that so here here's your list Are you ready for the list yes. okay this is going to be the desirable list to help you to lose weight the more often you eat the following foods the more likely you're going to reach your ideal weight over I give you a seven month period and in seven months losing about a pound of fat a week at most, um, we would expect in seven months that would be uh, four. Uh, that would be uh, four times seven, about 28 pounds of body fat. So somewhere between 15 and 28 pounds is potential for you. And what did you weigh in high school, or when did you guys get together 40 years ago? 105 pounds. If I may ask your weight now, um, how close would that be to your ideal body weight in seven months from now? Oh wow. <laughs> <laughs> it would. Ha I would have to lose forty-five pounds. That's oh, okay. You can tell him. But you'd feel good if you dropped twenty-five pounds uh, over the course of this coming year, correct? Yes, I would feel great. But then you're going to look old and well, wrinkled. <laughs> We're going to help with some hormonal herbal interventions, so you're not going to look old. You're going to look young. Do I look old to you? No, you don't. Doctor, again though, um, remember. I mean, how is that all? And I mean, it's an honest question. How does that all? Uh, with the detoxify, the fortify, and the nutrify, how is this part of losing weight going to help her issue? It, it, weight loss is an independent side benefit, as one of your earlier practitioners said. So I'm not going to say that it's dependent on her getting the results. I'm going to get on to the next comment of, of how that's going to work. But I just wanted an order of, so let's figure this out. Uh, on mushrooms, it says you have a level one, although mushrooms have a high degree of benefit for you. Um, we can experiment with uh, adding in or taking out mushrooms uh, at some time at a very soon. Okay. It could have showed up because you eat and you love mushrooms. So uh, let's go to the next thing. Uh, okra is uh, going to be helpful for weight loss. Um, onions are great. Uh, the use of oranges is great for weight loss. Oregano is a safe spice for you. Uh, papaya is uh, 
a little bit more dense. It's going to be more of a weight maintenance food. Uh, paprika safe. Parsley is good for weight loss. Parsnip um, is a little bit more dense and it can be used uh, within your program. Uh, the use of, um, let me go on, cayenne pepper is safe. Uh, chili peppers are good. Uh, green peppers are great for weight loss. Red peppers are great for weight loss. And when I say great, you can put them in a big uh, crock pot. You can put them in big salads. The more you eat of these water-rich fiber foods that have very little calories, the easier you'll lose weight without being hungry. Does that sound like a plan so far? Yes, it sounds good. No, these are the lowest calorie. They're the highest fiber and the highest water content. When it's high in water, it has no calories. When it's high in fiber, fiber by definition has no calories as well. Um, I'm just reading off the things that are going to help. Uh, actually, I'm going to put um, the use of white potatoes to help you to lose weight. If you eat at least two white potatoes a day, red, rose, or white. Uh, do you like potatoes? I love potatoes, yes. Brett. You have zero reactivity to potatoes, so they're going to be a good addition for you. Raspberries are fantastic. Radishes are fantastic for you. If you like any of these foods, you can raise your thumb for a moment or raise your hand a moment. Okay, so far we're good. Um, the use of, uh, give me a moment here, just looking down the list. Spinach is a reactive one. It could help you lose weight. Squash could help you lose weight. But because it's a reactive one, we'll, we'll, we'll test it kind of in and out and we'll see how that goes. Strawberries is unlimited, no reaction. Beets are, uh, un, uh, are excellent. They're really good for you. Uh, the use of, give me a moment here. Mm. Turnips are acceptable. Watermelon is fantastic for weight loss and for helping you uh, to, to feel more energy and be hydrated. Uh, zucchini is a level one, uh, so we just want to make sure that we, we kind of check that in and out. Uh, apples are great for, for you and weight loss. Apricot's fine. Uh, artichoke is excellent. Asparagus is a level one, so we might uh, test that in and out, um, meaning you go about two weeks without uh, asparagus, and then you, after we kind of clear everything and your symptoms feel good, then we add it in and see if it causes any kind of reaction. Uh, green beans are excellent for you to eat. Uh, the use of blackberries, blueberries, and broccoli is in your list. Uh, Brussels sprouts is in your list, but not fried Brussels sprouts. Mm -hmm. You're going to steam them. You're going to put them in salad uh, or soups, that is. Um, cabbage is wonderful for you. It's going to help clear harmful estrogens uh, because it's rich in dim and methane. Carrots are on your plan. Contrary to popular belief, they do not increase blood sugar levels. They have polyphenols. They're going to stabilize your blood sugar. You can eat as many carrots as you like. Uh, you can juice carrots with beets, uh, which would be a good choice. Uh, cauliflowers on your list, celery's on your list to eat as much as you like. Uh, cherries are on your list, and uh, you like cherries, I hope. I do. I do. Okay. Uh, 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 coconut is safe. Uh, it's a little heavier in calories, so we'll, we'll mix that in according to your weight loss plan. Not that I'm worried about you know dropping weight too quick. Corn is acceptable. Obviously, do your best to get non-GMO corn. Uh, cucumbers are fabulous for weight loss and for your health. Uh, the use, if you eat any eggs at all, you're uh, allowed occasional egg whites, but never, let me use that word, never, even though you're not incompatible with egg yolk, egg yolk is LDL cholesterol. It's going to clog your arteries. It may be the origin of partial of your symptoms. Can you give up egg yolks? Yes, I guess. <laughs> yes, I could. Uh, no, eggs. Um, does that mean cracking an egg open, separating the yolk, eating the egg whites? Or can we go buy the, buy the egg whites, organic, whole food, not the store, but whole, I mean, 
uh, free-range chickens, just an egg white carton. Absolutely. No, absolutely. You can buy it as is and make egg white omelets uh, mixed in with various vegetables that we've okayed. Uh, cook them in a titanium pan, not uh, not Teflon, and the titanium allows to cook oil-free. Um, you can use uh, various uh, vegetables. If you want to add a little bit of a diet cheese, it's a little bit higher in fat, so be use it sparingly, but just kind of for that little feel of, of, of the cheese compared to the typical uh, animal-based cheese. Uh, see, dill is okay. Uh, let's see, we, we mentioned uh, eggplant has a level one, so we have to be a little cautious about it. We'll test it in and out of your diet. Uh, garlic is one of the ways to detoxify heavy metals like lead. And um, if someone's using something like bone broth, they better have garlic in their diet every time they use bone broth. Um, the use of uh, ginkgo biloba is a safe herb. Uh, the use of... Uh, Grapefruit is excellent for you. The use of, sorry, it's taking a little bit of time. Kiwis right on track for you. Uh, lettuce as much as you like. Uh, lime is good. Um, the use of honeydew melon all on your list. Now we're going to say the following foods that have more caloric density that kind of keep your appetite satisfied. The foods I just mentioned are so low in calories, you might find yourself after, as you start to approaching your ideal body weight, getting a little hungry more often. So you're going to have to uh, kind of mix that within, you know, uh, a reasonable uh, approach. So that being said, he here's the foods that I recommend to not lose weight too rapidly, but to kind of do it in a controlled fashion. Uh, steel cut oats is better than regular oats. Um, the use of, give me a moment here. I got to glance through and remember what I told you was on the list. Uh, black eyed peas is fine. Uh, uh, green pea, again, cooked properly, so quote the lectins. And by the way, lectins are an anti-cancer. We found a little bit of lectins are good for prevention of cancer. So you don't have to worry and be obsessive about, oh, I've got to make sure I can't eat any foods with lectin, or otherwise I'm going to have some neurological and all kinds of problems. But, you know, based on your personal profile, mm -hmm. I'm going on what you personally can enjoy, uh, which is even more important than just a, a, a a blanket statement that lectins are bad for you see okay so we also can add in um, did I mention sweet potatoes sweet potatoes are fantastic for you they're more of a weight maintenance food they have more caloric density uh, you can bake them you can boil them uh, I actually slice in raw sweet potatoes into my blender when I want to add a little calories Wow I, I love sweet potatoes I steam them so, doctor, a question. These, this list that you're giving her now, are, are these items that she is to use on a daily basis or is this after a few months down the line because they're high-calorie-dense foods? How does, she, how does she input these into her daily routine, or does she? Uh, that's a great question. You, you mix them in. The proportions on your uh, plate is that you have massive large salads and vegetables and vegetable soups and you fit in the higher caloric density as a smaller portion on the plate. But you should be eating these foods as well. And if your weight isn't proceeding to drop, I don't want it to drop too quickly, but if it's not any progress and you're eating maybe too many of the more calorically dense beans, uh, yams, um, uh, 
Yeah, it's a bounce, right? And and you'll get used to looking, stepping on the weight scale, looking in the mirror, seeing how you're doing. But don't base it on rapid water loss because these keto diets lose a lot of water weight, and that's artificial and false. Plus, because they have no fiber in a lot of their diets, they they empty the intestines that has ten pounds of weight, and that's artificial and fake weight loss. Pumpkin is good for you. Uh, it's got a, a little bit more calories, but we can mix it in in smaller quantities. Brown rice is good for you. It has a little bit more calories, about three hundred calories per cup, so we can mix that in, but don't overdo it. Um, um, we can have uh, the use of um, soybeans, a level one. I would be cautious about soybean edamame, which is the soybean itself. It's a little bit more. And natto, if you use those, those are better. Because soy, if you had a glass of soy milk instead of dairy product or goat's milk, I'd be okay with it. If you go beyond uh, four glasses of milk, that's too much for anyone. Uh, when you approach a gallon of, of, of soy milk, that's going to cause estrogen problems. If you have a gallon of regular milk, it's going to cause a lot of problems. So you, you want to be um, careful uh, about those things because milk itself is high, highly inflammatory. And for you, uh, soy is slightly inflammatory and dairy whey is uh, inflammatory a level one for you. Your yogurt's a level two, which is highly inflammatory. Your cow's milk's a level one, which and coat's milk is zero, but I, I'd rather you not eat animal product as wherever possible. Shift from goat's cheese or goat milk to tapioca uh, diet cheese and that type of thing. And there's even coconut yogurt, there's almond yogurt and that, but try and go the sugar-free wherever possible. Uh, how do you feel about almond milk? Um, again, unsweetened, but almond milk, uh, yeah, and a little bit flavors is okay. Okay, so uh, in terms of the animal product, you have your list here. If it was my um, directives to help you, if you do eat any kind of animal product, uh, the only thing I can think of uh, that won't affect estrogen dominance might be, let me just look down the list if they test it. Yes, scallops is a level one. Hmm. Salmon is a zero, but very fatty fish. Uh, you get your omegas from marine algae. You're going to need marine algae. You'll get DHA. You need like one or two capsules of marine algae a day. Uh, besides soaking your flax seeds, your chia seeds, your um, walnuts, um, sesame seed that I mentioned is the highest source of calcium on the planet. You soak them in water overnight. Um, all the seeds I just mentioned, you'll replay, and then you can eat like a scoop of them with, you know, like four or five good scoops in the morning with your oatmeal uh, or with some blueberries and other berries you like. Do I have an uh, allergy to walnuts? I thought I did. You're zero on black walnut. You're, you're totally open on, on walnuts. Okay, so I think that gave you a pretty good review on your dietary recommendations. Now let's finish your, your hormonal intervention. Um, the most important hormone that you need to... Um, now, um, adrenal. Adrenal support. You're going to need uh, ad adrenal uh, cytoplex. Uh, you're going to need adrenal DMG because the dimethylglycine DMG is in there. It's a methyl donor, but you also need the herbs that are going to help you with your, your proper adrenal function. Um, we're going to need to support. Do you tend to have cold hands and feet? May, may I see? No. Not generally? No. Tony's warm. thinking you do. No, you know what? I'm wrong. She's typically hot. I'm always typically warm. Hot. She's typically hot. I'm always, my hot hands flashes. get warm. Well, hot, fla hot flashes are different. That's more of an estrogen balancing. You have a little bit of thinning of the outer third of your eyebrows, which is a classic uh, thyroid deficiency. Have they checked your ankle reflexes? If they're slow, that's a sign. We'll, we'll check that in a moment just to give me an assessment if you need some thyroid support. Um, liver detox, you're going to need to detoxify. That's got the turmeric. Um, 
astragalus or certain things there that's going to help in what's called estrogen metabolism and helping to protect uh, from you know various things that have caused your liver to maybe not process as well as effectively uh, you're going to need uh, some uh, the uh, in terms of hormonal balance probably since they didn't do much in the way on your lab work about estrogen testosterone dhea uh, progesterone uh, with your permission i'm going to talk with uh, one of our doctors or your doctor but we need to get you a test kit to at least get a quick maybe before you leave we'll do a quick zrt test uh, with the permission of our doc and we'll get that results back in a few weeks and it's a female panel and it measures the principal hormones that we need to look at along with the saliva test for cortisol because i'm a little concerned that your fat fatigue is coming from poor adrenal function you have symptoms of poor adrenal function have you has anyone ever told you this no okay. so we're going to work on that as well uh, and then last and not least um, we have to have good adrenal function to be able to support your testosterone and i know this may seem strange why is dr nick talking about um and you know i, I say doctor with a phd not from an md perspective but why am i talking to you about testosterone because dr rebecca gleaser md stated uncategorically that when she implanted testosterone pellets in the buttocks of a woman mm -hmm. the symptoms of parkinson reduced dramatically We've also seen in men, uh, the men I work with, that I've had them go to see one of the docs that's an expert in testosterone hormone implants, that when it's implanted into the, into the buttocks and, and it releases about 12 to 15 milligrams of testosterone per day in men, a man might need somewhere over 800 milligrams, 1,200 milligrams of testosterone. There's 200 milligrams per pellet, so six times 200 would be 1,200. Tony would feel like a... Uh, I haven't evaluated your situation, but just looking at you in the perspective, have you ever used any testosterone analogs or equivalent? I have not. No, I have not. Okay. not. All right, we'll get to you on another session, but uh, yes, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> but with you, I'm going to have you evaluated for your hormones first. You're going to fill out a complete questionnaire. I'm going to look for symptoms with my uh, doctor's team of issues. One of them is Parkinson's uh, related to low testosterone. Have you ever been told that? Never. This is the first time I heard it. Right. Uh, have you heard of Rebecca Glazier? Yes or no? Uh, no, I never have. Okay. I'm going to, if you want to listen to the tapes and the studies, I've been all over the world. I've studied with the top doctors of the world. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that's what I do. I'm passionate about it. So I'm always, when I have clients who have ever had a condition such as Parkinson's or others, uh, two of my Parkinson clients improved dramatically. One of them, uh, the condition may have progressed too far, plus he's not entirely flexible, if you will, about his diet. He's still very hooked on the belief about paleo and keto, and I think it set him back. And plus, eats a lot of shellfish and things, and uh, I, I just, just some people aren't coachable. So I, I can't. I don't know if it's his diet or the fact that the testosterone didn't work for him, or his symptoms went too far along, and he's not recovering. Um, we're looking at stem cells for him right now. And if it was me, based on stem cells, remember there's uh, detoxify, nutrify, and fortify. So when we're going to nutrify, we've gone into the nutrition. 
And when we're going to fortify, that's like advanced procedures such as uh, the hormone pellets, uh, such as uh, stem cell intervention. It was me, I would use uh, cord blood stem cells with Wharton's jelly, with or without. And uh, this is from a day old uh, stem cell uh, that is a day old at birth. Uh, you know, when, when my baby was born, we collected the cord with all the stem cells and froze it in nitrogen freeze for his future use. That's the ideal. But there is generally in, in six thousand cases with cerebral palsy in young kids uh, and adults uh, we've yet to see any negative reaction uh, using cord blood in over 6,000 clients that I've worked with directly or indirectly but I will say I've seen some very problematic inflammatory problems with fat drive stem cells personally I wouldn't do it I did it before on myself and a few select clients I've done bone marrow my own bone while I sat there I watched them drill and pull it up and I videotape myself. I'm, I'm kind of a crazy in that regard. I'm like, that's a little weird, but oh, it feels strange when they're sucking up the bone marrow, but they concentrate. I would consider a bone marrow because it gives so much volume. Uh, I'd be open to it, but I would quote not in your situation do fat derived because of the risk of neurological contaminants from uh, the, the collagenase, which is the separation of the fat from the stem cells. Uh, actually, the only company I know in the world that does it correct is VetStem for horses and dogs and cats and they have uh, go through what I'm told is and I met with the owners over a thousand steps to purify it so when you look at their vial of stem cells from fat drive it's clear when you look at almost any other doctor doing fat drive stem cells they only go through about six steps I don't know if they're lazy or they haven't been taught properly but it's it's got a milky yellowy fat look and I would never inject that into my body um, for various reasons. Okay, question. Um, okay, because we just finished watching an entire docu-series on stem cell, ther stem cell therapy. Uh, there's a company in Florida, uh, and what's really out there, and as I said, I've got right now scheduled uh, probably one for sure, two consultations with doctors, and they're using adipose. Okay, I, oh, no, no, the second one is not. He's using donated umbilical cord. And then the way he's introducing the stem cells uh, back in is through a nasal spray. All right. Because, well, here's what I've heard. How important is it to, when you introduce the stem cells, to make sure that you are beyond the brain blood barrier? Uh, where an IV, they say it goes everywhere. So it's not directed. You need some cold, cold laser therapy to, to direct them. Um, how do you feel about, can you agree with the umbilical cord? Uh, but how is that introduced into the body? It's a sidetrack, I understand, but I thought I'd ask it because I want to know the answer. Okay. As the final answer to your question, since we're going to wind up our show, um, I'm going to say that uh, I wrote a book that's only for doctors on stem cell research and therapy. Um, I've reviewed the literature rather extensively for a lot of reasons because I think it's the next frontier along with uh, mitochondria, and, and we're going to look at mitochondria activation for you along with uh, chromosome and telomere, the linking of the telomeres, and that's all part of the the detoxify, nutrify, and fortify. I'm talking now about the fortify category, specific to stem cells, specific to mitochondria, specific to uh, the body, and recognizing that uh, in the fortify position, there's hormones that work as an orchestra, and that's why I started with adrenal and asked about thyroid. We're going to have you do the extensive questionnaires, get a few additional tests with it with our, our doctor's team. But that being said, um, as I told you my position, 
if you're going to take fat cells from your nearly 64-year-old body, those are old stem cells. Do you know this is a fact? A baby at birth can produce a billion stem cells to deal with injuries and recovery. By the time a person is uh, 30 years old, they can only produce about 30,000 stem cells. By the time they're our age, they can barely produce 30. So your body's having trouble recovering. So I use a product called NeuroOrthoStem, which is capsules with certain types of ingredients that I've looked in the literature that are, uh, it's suggestive that it releases nearly a million stem cells that right now you're barely, apparently, and I, I don't have an analysis of you, but let's just assume from the medical general literature that barely 30 stem cells are being produced. Uh, we use a powder product here um, that you can see on camera or not called Stem Cell Strong, which is in gram dosages, and that's rich in activated barley, which is slow-burning beta-glucans. It's the Roman Empire used um, activated barley to conquer nations around the world. We, we know they were pretty aggressive. They were, you know, playing with swords and gladiators and Romans uh, were by the way nearly plant-based vegan did you know that all the Roman gladiators the top guys if they were eating meat they'd get their head cut off because they were slower than the plant-based guys um, so we know medicinal mushrooms are amazing the fact that you like mushrooms is good and Dr. Joel Furman and I agree that mushrooms are good but a variety of certain types of medicinal mushrooms that I found in the literature seem to be helpful um, and there's only one book written that shows uh, uh, and documents the studies uh, besides my book and uh, that shows that these particular ingredients may help improve in the recovery. So we have a few other supplements and things to cover. Um, I'm going to uh, defer to look up for your sake uh, the particular groups that you're talking with. I can name off at least five doctors I trust in the world that have done their research. Uh, surprisingly, India is doing great work. Malaysia is doing great work. Um, there's a category called exosomes. There's stem cells. There's umbilical board. Uh, uh, in, in, in umbilical cord blood. I would not use embryo for a lot of reasons, even though some will argue you can, but it's not even, you know, in the realm of something we'd want to do for, for various reasons. So I hope I answered your question. This is Dr. Nick Delgado. We're going to revisit if you want to follow the case of our friend. Laura. And, and Tony Morales. We're out to help you. And it's one person at a time. And all we have to do is be coachable, be open, and flexible, and review the literature and see how others have succeeded and see where that application approaching Laura's situation from many different directions to see how we can help her to have a better quality life. Whether we can get rid of the tremors or not, we're not sure. Whether we can give her more strength and quality of life, I'm convinced uh, we have that ability to work together on that process with the doctors I work with. And whether um, she extends the length and the quality of her life, uh, we're all here in the same situation. Everyone here watching has various degrees of aging and aging is a tough battle we're here to help you not just with aging but the associated issues of decline that sometimes we suffer sometimes prematurely dr nick here saying be well be strong visit our website for 
much more advanced information uh, at nickdelgado.com. And it'll take you to, if you link through to some of our other connected websites with our podcasts, our videos, our webinars. If you like this talk, please give us a thumbs up and share because uh, we're here to make a difference. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Delgado. Bye-bye.